You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The phone, tell or toll, hot and treacherous, deeper, third quarter, 28 seconds at the top of the lane. Our Money Rocks giving a great side out in front. Leap to fame. He's about to draw level on the outside. Going to the inside, Spirit of St. Louis. Our Money Rocks leap to fame. He's got to fight for it, but he'll take it. Leap to fame. Leap to Fame gets in from Spirit of St. Louis, our Money Rocks. That trio came right away from their rivals. Back in fourth class. Yep, Washington. they gapped the rest what? there on the, during the heats during the week. And, of course, Leap to Fame outside the front, but will be a short price favourite at Albion Park for round three. And, of course, the final the following week. I'm just going to pull up the latest market for the Pacers final with Tab. $1.85, Leap to Fame, Swayze. $3.80, Better Eclipse, 8 Nerano, 10 Speak the Truth. For Shannon Price at $12. And, of course, Just Believe, uh, dare say, will be pretty short in the Trotters final at the moment. Not price, $1.50. Queen Elida, $4.40. And Pl- uh, Plymouth Chubb, $6 the win and one eighty three the place. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Just whilst you've got that marker there, Olivici, what price is he for the final? $6.50, $1.91 the place. Hmm. Okay. Well, he's unbeaten so far. Two for two. We're at the halfway mark. We've got one round of heats remaining. That will take place Saturday night. And as you said, the grand finals come up on Saturday week. Let's talk with Chris Lang, trainer driver of Olivici. Probably didn't start as the best uh, the best campaign uh, just with the, the, the travel, getting here to Brisbane. But so far, the horse has been perfect. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good to talk to you. We spoke with Sonia last week. Uh, just um, reiterate, what happened? You got to Grafton and then things just fell apart on the way up. Yeah, we, well, we, we sort of planned out. We went, we started on Sunday, went to Menangle, stayed there Monday, worked the horses, left very early Tuesday morning, uh, got somewhere past Newcastle and took them off for 20 minutes and then we got to Coffs Harbour. We took them off for an hour. And then about half an hour out of Coffs, we, uh, the car stopped, basically. I don't know what happened, but it died. Um, but, yeah, so we had to find a new vehicle, obviously, and we didn't know what to do. So we, fortunately, we um, rang the uh, Grafton Turf Club down there and we got on the CEO, which is a Mr Michael Beatty, former chief steward at uh, harness racing new south wales and uh he just jumped in a car and come straight out and rescued us basically and took us to some nice accommodation for the horses in grafton while i um had to work out how to get the horses from you know from grafton up to the stables at shannon prices and scotty miller i felt guilty accepting his kind offer to come and ke- come and uh, get us but he did so um we're very grateful we got there pretty easily in the end and the horses didn't care because they were sort of lounging around in Grafton but uh, we were just about five hours later than we expected. And Chris what about your car? <laughs> it's holidaying in Coffs Harbour <laughs> and I've got no idea. <laughs> no I haven't heard anything yet it shouldn't have happened but it did but it's just sitting in Coffs Harbour I'm just waiting for uh, you know confirmation whatever whatever's going on so it's it's a fairly new car actually so um it's under warranty in that so i'm just i've got another car in the meantime so i'm just not stressing yet 
All right. So we're two for two with Olavici. So he's got his campaign right on track. No issues whatsoever. Have you been impressed so far with what he's delivered? Yes, I could. I think we've overachieved already, to be quite honest. But, um, you know, I always thought he would get to, you know, the elite level. I've sort of been not sure lately. But, um, you know, he's a horse. We bought him in New Zealand as a yearling, brought him straight to the farm there at Riddles Creek. And uh, he's never been anywhere. So coming such a long way... You know, the climate's a fair bit different here to Riddles Creek. I'll give you the drum. Um, and weren't sure how he would, you know, cope with the trip. And then, of course, you um, race against elite-level horses. We were just not sure how we'd go, but hoped that the experience would do him good, even if we didn't, wasn't reflected on the racetrack. But, you know, two from two up here is uh, just amazing. What were you thinking the other night? Well, you must have been smiling when they were going at it at Gus and Queen Elida up front. You were smoking the pipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what to think. I think I was like Chris Albert, not sure what to think. But um, <laughs> uh, you just got to let things unfold, you know. Um, and I thought I was, you know, going to get trapped in the death actually early, which I'd sort of expected prior to the event um, from the draws, you know. So... When that happened, I wasn't sure whether that was going to end up a good thing or a bad thing for me. But like you say, it sort of made it into a very true run race. Um, and they ran a new track record, I believe. Um, so it was a truly run race. And, you know, I, I had a bit of luck at the right times. But, you know, Olavici did a good job. He, he came out of the from the outside of the front and had to work forward and still, still was able to finish off. So... It was a good result anyway. Chris, mm. just watching that a question to you, just the replay. When Queen Elida went, gee, she went quick there for a quarter. You know, went up to try and tackle Gus. She sprinted brilliantly for that part of the race. Yeah, she did. I mean, I think Queen Elida went very good the other night. Um, so, you know, um, it's not easy. Like I say, in, in very intense, you know, track record time, it's not easy to sustain... You know that those sort of runs and all the first three horses all did a very good job actually and um you know i wasn't sure i'd catch her uh i was sort of driving for second really and um you know he lifted in the straight and finished off very strong and to you know to catch and beat queen elite leader um is a big effort these days she's been the, you know her and just believe have been the standard in australian trotting for the last couple of years well, speaking of Just Believe, this is your final hurdle here coming into the final round of heats on Saturday night. You've got to conquer Just Believe. He's got the barrier draw edge as well. He's got gate three. You're in five. So can he keep this momentum going, Olavici, or is this a mountain too tall to climb? Well, I've, I've been trying to intimidate, you know, the Just Believe camp back at the stable, but I don't think it's working. Um, so, I, I mean... I'm disadvantaged by the draw for a start. Um, I, I don't think anything's going to be just believed, to be quite honest. The way, you know, he's come back this campaign from his European adventure, you know, he was very dominant at Bendigo first up. Um, he jogged in his first heat. The other night to sit outside Plymouth Chubb in that um, extremely, you know, fast last half, uh, and the way he gets to the line, you know, I, I would love to think that we're um, <laughs> some chance of beating him. But uh, 
I, I, I doubt anything's going to beat him. Okay, there seems to be a lot of hype about this trotting grand final coming up, probably more so than the paces in many ways because, you know, we've got some real challenges there to just believe. He's the benchmark, but you don't think he can be can be uh, beaten? No, I think he can be beaten. They can all be beaten. I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to barrier draws. I mean, simply put, if, you know, just believe Drew three and Plymouth Chubb and Queen Alita and Olavici drew the second line, well, it's all over Red Rover, I would imagine. But there are wild cards. I mean, Gus proved the other night um, things can happen in a series like this. So he's not over the line. Um, but, you know, if I'm being honest and you said which one do you want to drive, you, you, you'd be wanting to sit behind Just Believe. All right. This heat on Saturday night, 2680. No issues for Olavici, the staying trip, or the further the better? Um, well, I'm hoping his breeding comes to the fore, <laughs> like he's uh, the good French Dayan, uh, you know, Orlando Vici, um, and bred in New Zealand by the good old Kiwis. So, staying should be his go. And he, I mean, he's won over these, these journeys. Um, he hasn't raced a lot over them, but he's a very relaxed, relaxed animal in the in the running. So. I'm sure he'll get the journey um, and it probably will suit him more than, you know, some of the others, I think. OK. Tell me this, Chris. You, you're Mr. Mr. Trotting as far as Australian harness racing is concerned. You've won all the big races. This series, we're, we're back to that traditional format. Three heats and then the final. So four runs in 14 days. Is is this what the Inter Dominion's all about? I think it is. Um, like, I know back when Sundon's Gift uh, won his couple and that they were a semi-final, basically, you know, into the uh, final, you know. So it's still not an easy race to win for obvious reasons that all the good ones are in it. But um, this is a test, of a true test of stamina. Like, the horse has got to keep getting up, back up, um, you know, three, four days apart and then back up for... Uh, when all the good ones are in the one race normally, then you've got to back up a week later and do it all over again over a, um, you know, over the staying trip. So this is a traditionally true way to run the Inter-Dominion and I think it sorts the men from the boys, so to speak. Okay. That being said, um, when's the best time to run an Inter-Dominion? We're here in Brisbane. It's, it's summertime and it's extremely hot, in particular for you Southerners. So... When is the ideal time to stage an Inter-Dominion so we can get the Kiwis and we've got that Trans-Tasman rivalry going again? Well, simply put, I'd say the best time to run is when Olivici's going good and the others aren't. <laughs> but in, all, in fairness to everyone, I, I think autumn is a good time. Um, but it, like you say, it's... Um, you, you're not going to please everyone. Um, yeah. But it, I think... The the series up here is going very well. You know, I think the weather's hot, but if you're, you know, it's tougher on us southerners obviously than um, than New Northerners. But um, it sort of clashed a little bit with the uh, New Zealand carnival over there. So, you know, I, I'd be taking that more into account. But I, you know, like I say, I think autumn's a good time, and uh, you know, see how we go from there. Yeah, just just going back to night one, we had that storm roll through. Uh, have you driven in conditions like that previously? Uh, 
I suppose I might have once, but I mean, it wasn't bad for our race. It got, it sort of threatened, it came down, and then it was not that bad during our race. It got, I think, the next couple of pacing heats, it was pretty ugly. So uh, it's been a while since I've driven in those sort of conditions because I'm a fair weather driver and trainer these days. So, um, but it, it can get a bit scary, but the track held up very good, or it did for the couple of times I went round. So, um, so no, it was uh, it was pretty pretty simple in the end. I felt. All right, so we're down to one with Olivici, Bully and Harry. He's a scratching, so his series over now. What's the latest there? Well, he's he's gone sore. He's got a bit of a soft tissue in, injury there. He's had soundness issues his whole life, Bully and Harry. But you know, uh, unfortunately, it's come come to the surface uh, during this you know, campaign rather than, you know, well, it's never a good time, I suppose. But anyway, he, he's been a great horse and uh, he will be... I'm not sure that he'll race again. He's probably going to go to the Matthews family grandchildren and get uh, spoiled the rest of his life, I think. All right. Well, hoping for the best there with Bully and Harry. It's all up to Olavici. He's safely yeah, into the final and uh, we've just got to make sure that he gets around safely on Saturday night and uh, come Saturday week, he'll be ready to go. That's the idea, Chris. We'll be doing our best, that's for sure. Awesome. I hey, appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside Saturday night. Yep. No worries, matey. Cheers. Don't answer the phone if the mechanic rings. It's always bad news. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go home sooner or later. <laughs> There's Chris Lang joining us. So, uh, yeah, Olivici, he's right in the mix, but he faces a big challenge there, taking on the series' favourite, Just Believe. Can Just Believe sweep the series again like he did last year? So that is going to be very interesting, Steve. You'd think that trip over the north, up to the Northern Hemisphere, Chris may have, you know, taken something out of him. Well, it's a long trip, but... Obviously, it might have made him into a, even a well, better horse, possibly. Yeah, I think it has, Steve. I think it's improved him. It's brought him right on. Um, you know, having a good look at him on nights one and two, there's not much to look at, Steve. He's just a, the plain plain old gelding that he is. But um, it's the way he moves, like, especially on Tuesday night. That was a blistering last half. And I think Angus Garrard summed it up best yesterday. There, there's paces that could only dream of running the half that... You know that uh, that he uh, delivered there on Tuesday night, and he's just got that effortless sort of motion about him. So yeah, he's a sight to behold when he's yeah. in full flight, and we saw it there Tuesday night. That's a question I'm keen to ask, and I'm sure some of our listeners are interested as well. If Just Believe was in the Pacers final, a horse like that, where would where would he sort of be in the mix against the Pacers if he was to be against them in the final, for example, in regards well, think, to speed and so on? Yeah, it's a, it's a. Good question. It's a tough question. Uh, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you look at his times compared to some of the paces. Would he, you know, would he hold up? Like, speak the truth, went, what, 151.8 or 151.9 on Tuesday night. Just believe went 157. So there's a big difference there. So I'm not entirely sure. But we will pose that question. Mm. I'll track down Greg Sugars again next week uh, in lead-up to the final and we'll ask the question. We do see it occasionally, don't we, where the trotters will race the paces in yeah. the standard races? Yeah. Robbie just, Morris might know the, the answer. Yeah. And I was going to say, it just underlines how good Maori's idol was the former champion, where he could compete and beat some of the best paces mm. going around. So it's fascinating. Robbie, good morning. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. It's a it's an interesting topic. Just believe the way he's going in this Trotters series. How would he line up against some of these paces? Yeah, look, I I, I can see where he's coming from, and don't get me wrong. Good friends with Greg and Jess, and and, and he's a great horse. But 
You know, they're just, you can't even compare them. You know, Leaf yeah. the Fame and them authors. I'd like you hit the nail on the head. You know, Spread the Truth went 51 8, he went 57. That's seven there and there. He's, he's a great horse, but, you know, you know, I know you brought up Mary's Idol and them daughters, but we're in different worlds now. Our paces are just so big and strong and fast. I'd, yeah, well, one, you'd never do it, but two, I'd, I think you'd find it hard. That's the thing. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now, I've got a challenge for you. Are you willing to accept my challenge this morning? Do me best, sir. Righto. You've got Pete said so. He's currently on 18 points. Kanina Provlima on 15. Can you qualify both of these horses for the grand final next week? I've had Josh at me for three days, so I, I, you, Josh has <laughs> already given me the same challenge. So, look, I'll be doing my absolute best, too, and Gary's got him. Tips off there and both in great shape and I couldn't have asked them to race any better throughout the series and I think they've both got good draws where they might be able to find themselves in the final so it'll be great if they can, that's the point. All right, well, let's talk about Pete Sensor. He qualified for last year's final in Melbourne and you're right, he's going super. He was really good there on Tuesday night. Yeah, he did. He was super. Um, he done good work out of the gate. Ran a really strong mile over the over the 12, we were in a really strong 2100. We didn't really stop from go to woe. So um, I was wrapped with him. He pulled, said he pulled up super. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. He's been lucky enough to draw one again in the next round. Okay, you've got to take a leap to fame, which is no easy task, but surely he does enough to get enough points to qualify from that barrier draw. Yeah, look, I am a bit superstitious, so I, I don't like going the early crows. We've got to get there and do our job, but... You know, if he can run first five from that draw, I, I think he'll be um, he'll be very unlucky to miss out, that's for sure. But from the draw, we'll be driving him positive and, and taking our shot, that's for sure. Tell me this then, Robbie. It, what's his favourite distance? Because he's so adaptable and he's so versatile and he's got good records across all distance ranges. But in your opinion, what's his best trip? To be honest, I, I think his best trip's the longer trip because he sort of makes a bit of the brilliance away from the exceptional ones, which he's always just floated underneath the radar. Um, a lot of people say that his best trip's a mile, but that's only because that's all we've really got here in Sydney, and he races over the mile so much. Um, you know, I've never been, you know, you can say last year, his two, two best runs in last year's Inter Dominion were the final and the last round of heats, where it was 2,600 or that sort of distance. So... Now, I don't think it worries him at all what the trips are, whether they've got a 21 mile or 2600. He's just so adaptable. And as you saw on Saturday, you know, you can you can point him in the right direction. You can drive the fur off him out of the gate and just say, woo, and he just drops a bit and comes straight back here. So because of his, because of his racing characteristics and his manner, he's, he's just so adaptable. Okay, so the gate speed with this heat here on Saturday night. You're drawn barrier one. Obviously, you're looking at all these runners drawn to your outside. Can, can we hold up here and then potentially release Leap to Fame, or do you think there's a chance that something might get you early? No, no, I, I'm I'm pretty positive he'll hold up, and I'll be I'll be making sure I'll be doing everything I can for him to hold up. I just don't want to I don't want to be put in a spot where I've got one in front of me that sort of sort of gap covered down the back or put me in an awkward situation. I'd rather take the chance for myself and I'll, I'll be driving in positive early and I'll be waiting for let's play. Alright. What would it mean for you and Kerry Ann to have this horse qualify for a, another final? Like two years running, he's qualified for Inter-Dominion Grand Finals, going through the traditional format as well, the, the four runs in the fortnight. It, it'd be a, a buzz for you guys, wouldn't it? 
Oh, for sure. You know, I think any trainer, you know, lives to have these horses and trains to have these horses. And, you know, we've been very lucky, lucky that Peter Colson gave him to us. In early days when he came, I think he was like a C1, C2 horse. And he just got better as the racing got stronger. And, you know, as a, as trainers, you know, to get him in the final two years in a row, it'll, it'll be a really good feather. And our cap actually said earlier on the Britain, you know, like it's, to have him and Kanina Provlamba, and we're not, we're not insinuating that they're dead. Neither horse is champion. Neither horse has got the star quality of your, your leap to fame and your swayze, and they're probably even better equipped. But, you know, they're just tradesmen, and, you know, to have them both there, it's a, it's a feather in the cap to us and our whole team around us. That's just yeah. Yeah, it'll be a huge achievement, no question. Kanina Provlamba, he, he, he ran an absolute ripper on night one. And I don't think he was bad on night two, far from it. I just don't think the stop-start tactics suited him. No, it definitely didn't. You know, night one, he was terrific. Um, just had to sort of sit there patiently and, and drive for points and and uh, work out good. And, and night two was just one of them races where they just they just walked through their middle stages. And they got to say they were walking until probably the 300 mark. They just put the foot to the floor on the point of the bend and... He done a really good job not to lose any ground. He didn't make any ground, but on the sectionals that you guys put up, he still went like twenty six zero zero his last quarter. So I was back with him as well. Yeah. So with this heat for him on Saturday night, he's got Swayze, but in a in a crazy way, it might be a good thing because, as you know, probably better than most, Swayze is one of those horses that likes to roll along and create that genuine tempo. So that's going to suit your guy better. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the draw, I think the draw is actually really good for him. Um, you know, I know there is a bit of a question mark on Swayze's gate speed, but if he does happen to get get headed off, he, he probably will come back out and around. Um, so, yeah, look, we've got options from Barrier 9. We can roll through and pick one off, or we can dive to the fence early and try and get up the fence and through the middle, which I do think these heats, you know, in, in any track in this day and age, with the speeds we're racing... Fancy's your friend, you know, when you're when you running the miles, they're running the quarters that they're running. It's only logical that the closer to the rail you are, the better you're off. So we've got options from that draw and, um, you know, it's exciting to have him stepping into it as good as he is. All right. So you can qualify both. I'm going to do my absolute best. Right. So that being said, if we take it that step further, are you locked in for one over the other or do you let the barrier draw dictate which horse you're going to drive? Um, yeah, look, I, I'd probably just let the barrier draw sort of tell me which one I'd lean with. Um, I'm very lucky that our number two's already won it into Dominion, so he'll be telling me that I've got to go. He's got to go with the best draw, but um, yeah, I'll probably just let him see how the draws play out um, and talk, obviously talking to both their owners, but both their owners are terrific people and um, they'll be happy with whoever drives it. It'll just be a thrill. Hopefully it'll be a good problem to have. All right, uh, Funky Monkey. Uh, what, what happened there the other night? Uh, was it was it a atrial fibrillation? Was it? Yeah, she had she had one of them. Well, lucky she hard seemed to be back in in rhythm the next day. Sort of come Wednesday morning, speed up and checked her. It was back to normal. So we just got a few vets to go over for the rest of this week. We'll have a couple of vets have a look at her, uh, pull a couple of blood. It's sort of most vets in these situations. They can't really give you a logical answer to why they happen. They just do. Um, obviously, it's terrible timing. And the way it all worked out early, I thought she was going to get a really good trip, which was disappointing for all her connections. But 
the most important thing is she's healthy and she's happy and she's back at Grant and Trista's now having a run around the paddock. She'll probably have three weeks off now and sort of look to getting ready for some of the bigger races early next year. All right, well, that's good news. But, yeah, it is disappointing because you put her into the right spot and then just uh, the, the timing was just all wrong. i tell you one thing that stands out with her, Robbie. She's got a magnificent stride on her. Yeah, she's a beautiful gated man. Um, obviously, she's had a little bit of hiccups with how revved up she can get behind the gate. But I was so I was so proud of her with how she handled the whole trip to Brisbane because it was a little bit of a question mark with her. But, you know, she handled it great. She was cutting out of the gate so well. And, you know, she put herself in the right spot to earn good points last week and well, on the second night. And it just, just didn't work out having the heart fib. But, yeah, she is a... Everyone says that about her. As soon as you see her, she's... um. She, and driving a wise too, like you can put a cup of cup of milk in the middle of her back and it don't move. She's she's a trotter, one of them trotters that you you definitely enjoy driving, and she looks the part, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I hey, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. No worries, mate. Thank you. There's Robbie Morris joining us. So uh, he's got a challenge there. Can he qualify those two paces for the final? So they're right on the precipice as it stands right now. So Pete said so. 18 points and uh, three points behind him is Kanina Provolima. So they've both got good draws, favourable draws. Pete said so. One, Kanina Provolima, two off the second row. And as he said, he's got options. Reading between the lines, I think he's going to the peg, Steve. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, mm. Can't wait to watch some of these heats on uh, Saturday night. David Thorne, Chris? Well, he's another one that's, you know, right on the precipice here. He sits on 16 points, our money rocks. He ran a cracking race there on Tuesday night. He led up, he parked Leap to Fame, and he took it right to the line. He had Leap to Fame to his outside, Spirit of St. Louis to his inside, and he was only, what, a head and a neck between them. So uh, he, he's right there. David Thorne, good morning. Morning, Chris. Were you happy with that on Tuesday night? Yeah, very happy. Yeah, no, we um, we needed to get decent points. Um, so we're obviously happy when we drew one and, and happy that we could take advantage of it. Yeah, I like the fact that you were willing to take that challenge and, and rather than just hand over to Leap to Fame when he made the move, you said, no, we're here to earn maximum points and uh, leading was your best option. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's a very versatile horse, you know. I mean, obviously, we're, you know, we know he's not as good as Leap to Fame and Swayze and that, but... He's not far behind him, and he's very versatile. He's very quick out of the gate. He's very strong, and he's very fast. So he's a really good all-round horse. So um, And being, obviously, Albion Parker, it is leader and fence bias. Um, we just thought, you know, we'll take matters in our own hands. And I mean, obviously, if, if Leap to Fame had come earlier and harder, we may have handed up to him. But, um, you know, Chris, we just said to Chris, look, just let him roll and keep him comfortable and, and make the others work for it. So... Um, yeah, no, that's that's what he did, and and, and he stretched Leap to Fame's neck. So, um, no, we were really proud of him. Yeah, he, he was terrific. And even night one, sectionally, he couldn't have done any better. No, he went terrific night one too. He's just a bit unlucky. He was, he was his own worst enemy. He, he sort of come outside Trims of Trooper, and he really hung bad. Um, he, he's always hung a little bit, but the last time he hung really bad like that was a wet night as well. So I don't know whether that's got anything to do with it, but it probably took him 50 metres into the straight to actually get outside... Um, Tim's a trooper's wheel, and, and, and once he did, he, he, he zoomed past him, which which is a hard thing to do because he's very fast, Tim's a trooper. So, um, you know, I think if he'd have gone straight, he'd have nearly run a place the first night as well. So that was a little bit of his own fault, but, um, yeah, he sort of made up for it on night two. Yeah. This heat on Saturday night, it's race one. We're up to the 26.80, so it's going to pose no problem the trip. 
Is it fair to say this heat is the most open of the three heats because you don't have Swayze, you don't have Leap to Fame? Yeah, no, it, it probably is. The um, the only thing, um, actually, the owner said to me the other day, we've got, of the top 12, six of them are in our heat. So yeah. it's a very, it's a very, makes it a little bit harder for us. And we've drawn the back row as well, which doesn't help either. But, um, I mean, that could, that could play into our hands a bit too. There could be maybe a bit more speed because they all might think, you know, they're a bit of a chance. Obviously, um, you know, um, Spirit of St. Louis drawn out wide. So I suppose he's got a, you know, put himself in the event at some stage, and if they think turn it up can cross, you know, maybe they might go forward. I don't know, but um, so yeah, it, it is a tricky heat for sure. Um, you know, and we've probably got to run fourth or fifth to get in the final. So um, yeah, we're a little bit reliant on everyone else, but um, yeah, well, we're just yeah. As I said, six of the twelve are in our heat, and then there's sort of three in the other two heats. So that does make it a little bit harder. But at the end of the day, you got to you got to you know deal with what you've been dealt. Mm. It, it's a good point, though. Like, uh, it could be a real tactical battle here just on how other drivers sort of, uh, you know, take on this challenge, trying to get as many points as possible. So it will be interesting, but hopefully that creates pace. Is that what you're hoping for here on Saturday night? Yeah, definitely. You know, they go the harder they go, especially off the back row for us, the better. Like, he ran second to Swayze at Menengo over 2,300, and they went 152. And, and, and he finished on his back and ran second. So the, the harder they go, the better, as I said, especially from a bad road, back row draw. All right. Tell me this. You probably know better than most. Nerano, how much gate speed's he got? Could he could he test turn it up or does it turn it up just lead easy? Oh, he's pretty quick, Nerano, if they use him. You know, I, I'd imagine at some stage they'll take a sit, but I do think he's a better sit sprint horse, but he's very quick off the gate. Like, they've, they've used him a few times at Menangle out wide and he's really burning up. So, um whether he can, I mean, turn it up comes in one now with the scratching, so and he's got speak the truth beside him, so um, that probably makes it a little bit harder for turn it up to cross. But he's exceptionally quick as well, you know. And and I suppose Narano's got Mac got good points too. So even if he was three fence or something, you know, he he'd be got enough points to get through anyway. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure Narano will hold most of them. Um, just whether turn it up can cross him, but um, yeah, he he's very quick, Narano. Yeah, uh, and he proved that the other night with the way he just finished off, uh, beating the likes of Better Eclipse and Turn It Up. Uh, it was a 26 last quarter, so I think he ran home at about 25-6, so he is wickedly fast. Yeah, he is. He um, he actually went really good. Uh, I think Swayze won again, and we ran third, and Narano ran second, and it was the run of the race. So he went unbelievably, come from back in the field, and like, I think his section was like 52-6 or something off the track, so... No, he's, he actually surprised me a little bit where he did a bit of work early and still finished off just as good. So, like, you know, he, he's, a, he's a really serious horse the way he went the other night because I thought he might have been a little bit vulnerable doing that little bit of work early. Like, I know just doing no work, he's electric, you know, but he actually did a bit of work the other night and still ran, ran those sectionals. So, mm. um, yeah, like, with a good draw, he's, he's going to be a, a, a chance of knocking off the two big guns, you know? I tell you what, uh, just looking at your guy, uh, our money rock. So if we run top four here, that should be enough to get him in, hopefully. But just looking at him, since he's been in your care, he, uh, he came up from Victoria. Gee, he's been consistent. Yeah, he has. He um, he he come up and um, he's, we just sort of he had a bit of a spell and then he won his first five starts at Menangle on a Saturday night, sort of down in grade and just run through the grades. And then he's obviously got up to free-for-all class, so it's obviously a little bit harder and... And we've got a fair few good free-for-allers at home, so you're not going to dominate like you were. So, But, like, he's still... I think he's only missed a place three or four times. And, and even probably some of them 
fifths and sixes were probably his best runs, you know. So, as I said to the owner the other day, really, since we've had him, he hasn't run a bad race. You know, like, he might not have run a place or one or whatever, but he's never you've never gone home from the race and thought, oh, geez, oh, he was disappointing tonight, you know. So, he's just a good all-round horse. And, um, as I said, he's um, very consistent. And, and as I said, he's, he's fast, but he's strong. We don't use him out of the gate much, but because he hasn't been able to win, so we sort of look after him. He's been racing Swayze, and my high, my name is Jeff. So, um, but he got back into a, a hundred rater race, and and I said I think he can find the front, and he did, and he won. And then the next week, he, he sort of crossed Pete's head, so from out wide, crossed him pretty easy actually. So, um, yeah, he's really quick as well when you when you light him up. So he's just a good round. You'd love to have a stable full of them. Yeah, I was going to say that. You'd like to have a few more like him. So as it stands now, Barry draw for the final. If you make it, what would you like to draw? Barrier one. Barrier one, you'd take it? Yep. Yeah, I know a lot of people probably can be a little bit hard to leave from one, but um, that's why some of a few of them said the other night he might get crossed from one, and I said he's no hope unless he does something wrong because he drew one at Menangle over 2,400, which is really hard to leave from because... At the 2400, they virtually are just into the straight. So the outside horses have just got a slingshot. And he, he led by half a length, you know. So he, he's re- decisively quick. And it's probably because, as I said, we don't use him much. But, um, yeah, I, like, I, I'd, I'd be happy to draw one and um, let them try and get around me. OK. Well, he's going soon, but there's no doubt about it. We need a, a top four finish, maybe top five. Yeah, that's right. Depending on results, you know, I, Kalina Problema and... A um, couple of others are there. I think Do's X or however you've, I've always mix it up. But um, they're, they're all in the just there's three or four behind him, you know, that are not far behind. And obviously there's a couple in front of him that are not far in front either. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's, as I said, which just, just makes it a bit harder for us because a lot of them are all in the one eight, you know. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. And we've just got to... Um, we just got to hope we, you know, I'm sure he'll go good. It's just whether he gets the luck, you know. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to make the final. If he doesn't make the final, you know, you'd think he'd be very hard to beat in the consolation. And, and, it, and it's worth 50000 So that's nothing to sort of, you know, blow up about. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, two others I want to ask about quickly. Uh, Antonio, what's the update there in Everard? Yeah, uh, Antonio just got bumped a leg. I trialled her and, and, and she trialled good. I was actually going to bring her up here for that. $50,000 mares race a couple of weeks ago and um, she just bumped the leg. We got it scanned. It was um, originally said there was nothing there but just a little bit of a bump so um, we just got her at home rehab and she's just you know lazing her every day and um, just, just walking her on the walker and that so um, I'm going to get a scan when I go back home but I- I'm sure it'll be pretty right and then we'll just take a time with her. Ladyship Mile is the main target so doesn't matter if we've got to stop working her or whatever and go again but um, she looks amazing so um, hopefully that, that everything's right with that, which I'm, I'm pretty confident. You know, you never liked them to have injuries, but um, it was very minor, so we've sort of done all we can. So, yeah, she probably won't be there for a few months. Um, and Everard's coming back 1st of January. She um, we actually she actually had a bit of a throat problem in Melbourne, um, and so we, it was just, uh, just had to get a bit of laser work and do that. So it could have been worrying her for a while. Um, we just sort of didn't know, but she was a bit thick-winded. But um, she had an epiglottic entrapment, so we got that all sorted. And she's down... Um, down. At, we left her down at Ballarat. The feed's so good down there. So she's having three months off down there. And um, she'll come back, yeah, 1st of January. All right. She'll come back a big girl with three months off. She was a big frame filly, uh, you know, this year. So with that time off, she'll come back a monster. Yeah, she is a monster. Like, she, she wasn't over heavy, which was good because, I mean, she's quite a big horse. So... 
oh, she'll she'll come back looking like a tank, you know. Um, and I think it'll really help her. You know, we had a little bit of growing pains with her along the way too. So um, that's what I said. If we can send her down there, like it was very dry at home, she's down here anyway. I said we might as well leave her there. They can put put her out this paddock, this clover up to their knees. She won't have to be fed much, um, which I think getting back to nature is good for all that sort of stuff where. You're not hard grain feeding them. I think it's a lot better if you can just, you know, let them live on the pasture. So, so we left her down there, and um, yeah, by all reports, she's doing really good. And yeah, she'll she'll thicken up, you know, this time. And um, yeah, she's a really nice filly, and she was good anyway. So if that throat was worrying her, um, hopefully she could be even better. Yeah, fingers crossed. I hey, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside with our money rocks. Thanks very much, Chris. There's David Thorne joining us, Steve. So uh, there's a bit of an update with a few of his star fillies. Speaking of star fillies, your favourite horse, or one of them, Millwood Nike, out of the New Zealand Oaks on Sunday, Grand Prix Day at Addington. She's got a tendon issue, so she's going to be out of action for anywhere up to six months, which is really disappointing news. Tell me about last weekend, Gloucester Park, Chris. Our next guest, he'll be pumped up. Wonderful to fly. Home she goes. Got a big one there. Maddie. good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Did you have yeah. something on at the big odds? Surely. Uh, yes, I did. I backed her for a place only, though. Mm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? What She was really short. How short was she the previous week? And then 20 to 1 off an awkward draw and wins. Yeah, you, you can say awkward draw, but I actually I thought was going to map really well for her. It just the, the whole key to the race with her being able to win or lose was whether Hoppy's way uh, was going to hold out. Uh, Ronnie, so that was that was the big query. And look, I, I thought he would hand up, and Ronnie would lead, and then therefore he would win. That's why I backed her for a place because I thought she'd be four back the pegs. But if she got into the clear, she was really quick enough to be able to close off and run into the placings. I thought she was over the odds, at about three sixty. I got so I was really happy with that. And when I was watching it in the truck uh, for Sky Channel on Friday. And when the one led and they went through the lead time and she's three back to pegs, I was like, I think she wins from here. Uh, it just, and as I watched the race unfold, the horses came up three wide and they couldn't lock up that three wide position. The horse won one was under a bit of pressure and it was just a matter of time whether she was going to get into the clear. And once she did, I still don't think she finished off as well as she can do. Um, but when she got into the clear, she was able to go over the top of them and, I think it's um, not a sense of relief. I mean, the family, we're incredibly proud of the horse, but it's just so proud that um, she's gaining that respect that she deserves of being able to be right up there with the boys as well. It takes a good mare to be able to beat the boys in four-year-old ranks, three-year-old ranks, two-year-old ranks, and she's been able to do do it at a four-year-old when they're all maturing to their top level. So... She's been outstanding and, yeah, it's just an absolute dream for Shane. She's just shy of a million dollars on after bonuses as well. So she's been unbelievable. Could she end she... up in the Nullarbor next year? Uh, big chance. Big chance to end up in the Nullarbor. Um, I'm sure that call might come, whether uh, Tab Touch choose to go with her um, because they they were looking for home homegrown talent. So that was last year, and they ended up completely going away from that. We'd better zip it, but it it worked. So they might look towards homegrown talent and um, smaller stables too. So that was that was two of their prerequisites last year. 
and they went away from that once Lavera Joe was picked. He was earmarked for tab touch, and then um, he went elsewhere. So um, no doubt they'll probably look at something like Wonderful to fly. Before we get to the nullar ball, can she do the double? Can she win the nugget again next week or win it next week? 100%, 100% she can. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she's so versatile, um, Shane's got options galore with her um, and she should be improving off of her first and second up run where, look, she's had an interrupted preparation, but I just love that she can be driven sit sprint in these races. It really highlights how uh, how good she can be off a sit. She's a hunter uh, in those races as opposed to the hunted in the mare's races where... Other horses are trying to get to the lead to hand up to her, but how much work does she do to get to the front? So it's still, jury's still out whether she's better in front or sitting up, but she's got a, a lethal turn of foot, and I still think she could have got home better than what she did on Friday night. I still don't think she's quite at 100%. All right. What's the wash-up with my alderman, Ronnie, over there? He, he went from chocolates to boiled lollies in a stride. It looked in that race last week. Has there been any update this week over there? Yeah, haven't really heard so much about it. Uh, I know that they were getting him looked at and blood tests were being conducted with him. Um, look, he's come across, and uh, it's the same old story, Chris. The horses come across here from the eastern states, big raps, and it's just different racing. It's really hard for to come to and be able to dominate. And once he got left in the breeze, things got a lot tougher. He loomed up really strongly at the 300 and looked like he was going to win. But as you said, he was just gone in the stride and he really faltered that last little bit. So um, he's at the best facilities possible to be able to bounce back. And the biggest problem for him, though, is if they didn't hand up to him in the in the uh, four-year-old classic and then he's gone like that, oh, I think... He's he's in for a really rough golden nugget if he doesn't draw one because um, there's going to be a lot of people here that now completely write him off and think he can't do it in WA. So um, that's just how the drivers and trainers look at it over here. They've tested him. He failed. Now they're thinking that their horses are more dominant. So that's, that's a big problem for uh, Jared and the team going forward into the golden nugget because of that question mark that's hanging over the horse's head. That will be interesting, and we'll talk more about that race next week. Uh, only an eight-race program tomorrow night at headquarters at GP. The feature is the Group 3 Village Kid, and it looks like it's just going to be one-way traffic here with Magnificent Storm. Is it a simple case he just leads and wins here? Absolutely. He'll be winning at the uh, prohibitive odds of about $1.01. Um, really disappointing, the meeting, to be perfectly frank. Um, this should be our peak time of year, and eight races, small fields, yeah, not. I'm not sure what's happening, but it's it's not it's not uh, positive at the moment. So I'm um, hoping hoping things pick up. But yeah, there's plenty to look at. That's for sure. Okay, what are we uh, looking at as far as a best bet is concerned on this card then tomorrow night? We'll go race two, number nine, Cyclone Charlotte. I thought she was really impressive uh, last week. She finished eighth, but uh, she'd had a little hiccup, and I thought the performance was really good comes down and grade a little bit. I think there's enough natural speed in the race that should see her get into it pretty strongly and she's got a few strings to her bow. So I think you could get a decent price about her and she's another one pressing for the golden nugget. Race two, number nine, Cyclone Charlotte is my best.
All right, we might even take the multi into her stable and make Magnificent Storm a little bit later. But race two, number nine, Cyclone Charlotte. Hey, Matty, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, guys.